We're going to uh, start the new year a little bit differently at this portion of the service. Usually we jump right into the, the message, and yet, as I was praying about uh, this morning and reflecting, um, I really feel like the, the Lord wants us to do something different uh, at this portion, because uh, there's a lot going on. There is a lot happening, and uh, we rang in a new year five days ago, and 2020, uh, you know, there's a lot happening, and we need to, I believe, um, we do what we should always be doing as believers individually and collectively, and, and that's to seek the Father, to seek the Father. Um, you know, I, I hope you keep up with current events. One of the, the knocks uh, sometimes that the church gets is that, you know, all oh, you guys just bury your head in the sand and, you know, pie in the sky, lottie dottie, you guys are out of touch with reality, you guys don't really know what's going on. There's, there's that element of it, and then there's the other element where, you know, uh, we somehow, uh, you know, don't know how to deal with that, and it's just a crutch. We, you know, it, it, it's all over the place. We need to be in touch with what's going on. This is the world we live in. This is, this is where we're called to be ambassadors of reconciliation. This is where we're called to be salt and light. So it is incumbent upon us to be aware. And yet, in that awareness, in our humanity, you, you might react. You know, uh, the world is waiting and wondering what Iran will do. We have an election year. Some of you are wondering how you're going to pay your bills at the end of the month. So from global to national to very personal, there's a lot. There's a lot, and, and the question is, how are we as a church family, and how are you as a follower of Christ navigating it? What are you doing? Are you getting caught up in the, in the trending social media hashtags? Are you getting caught up reading the comments? Are you getting caught up in your favorite news channel and media outlets? What are you doing as a believer? Because it's really easy to get sucked into it. Really easy, really easy to get knocked off the, the, the anchor and, and the stability of, of Christ and who you are in Christ, and now suddenly you're just like everyone else, being tossed to and fro by the latest breaking headlines. And I don't believe that that's what we're called to be, and I don't believe that that's what, you know, we're equipped to even do, because the Bible says we've been given everything we need for godliness for life. Jesus himself said in this world you will have tribulation. Right? I mean, I've read in the Bible before there's wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes. We just had a big earthquake, 4.0 off Port Wainimi this past week, if you weren't aware. Right? This is life. This is life and, and we do this together. Jordan, thank you very much. It's, it's about doing life together and sometimes we think, oh, that just means they want us to get involved in stuff around here. No, it's really doing life together. When, when, when those fires came through a few years back, we had to do life together, right? That was, that was doing life together. We had no choice. And, and this is beautiful and this is, this is important. This is where we need to be on the Lord's Day. Um, but at a certain point, Mark's going to say, have a nice week, and we're all going to get up and we're going to walk out these doors. And you're going to have decisions to make. 
and the world is going to continue doing what the world is going to do. And the question for you and I is, is uh, how do we navigate that? How do we, how do we uh, even bring glory to God? Because your coworkers, your neighbors, your family, your friends, uh, they're all reacting too. It's, it's inescapable. Global events will impact everyone. Right? I mean, it's amazing that some of the headlines I've read, you know, uh, World War III, uh, and now there's trending things on social media of people concerned about the next draft. Is there going to be a draft? And who's going to be drafted? And suddenly concerns about selective service. And I mean, it, it's gone there already. But that's the world you're going into when you leave here, where you ever go to lunch, when you go to work tomorrow. This is what's trending. This is where people are. And into that, we get to be salt and light. We get to point people, not just through our words, but even by our demeanor. We get to point them to the source of hope and peace. But you have to do that first. And even as a parent, I want to encourage you, these times are opportunities for you to learn as a parent, as a Christian parent, how do you navigate this with your kids? Because they're watching you. They're watching your reaction. So this is a teachable moment for you to dialogue and to address world views biblically, world issues biblically. There's a ministry there, right? But it starts with us, and, and... this is an important time in our country. It's an important time in the world. The world. And that's not to be alarmist. It's just to be real. There's, there's a reality that, that it's very sobering. And so this morning as I was praying, um, Father just said, you need to pray. So before we launch into the message and however far we happen to get with that today, we're going to pray. And um, Bill's going to come up in a little bit. He's going to introduce and pray us into a time of praying for our country then Mark will come up and he's going to pray us and lead us into a time of praying for individual needs Uh, but I'm going to start and we're just going to spend time I'm going to pray pray us into a time with just kind of the big picture just the big picture in Isaiah 26 3 it says you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you that's easier said than done. Is your mind stayed on him? Really? Or is it stayed on circumstance? Is it stayed on your feelings? Because there's there's, I love that. You will keep him in perfect shalom, peace, whose mind is stayed on you. How difficult is it for you to keep your mind stayed on him? Because he trusts in you. Are you trusting him? You really trust in his goodness. We sang a beautiful song, I will sing of the goodness of God. What is happening around the world, it's what I call, it's a rubber meets the road moment. Do you really believe what you say you believe? Do you really believe what you say you believe? Do you really trust him? Do you really trust God's goodness? When events on a global scale can literally, that quickly, change everything right so we just do what we do we should do we should pray so we'll pray and we're going to kind of start big and then we'll come all the way down and then mark will bring us into praying just for your own needs for your own needs for your own family and whatever concerns you might have father we spent last summer walking through the lord's prayer 
And the, the beginning part of that prayer says, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done. And we begin at that level. We don't begin at global events. We don't begin at uh, what may or may not happen. We begin at your kingdom come, your will be done. We begin at Father. Because Jesus, you said our Father. So we come to you, Father, as your children. You say in your word that in and through Jesus, we have access to the throne of grace 24-7. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you for your grace and mercy in this time of need. In Isaiah, you said that you would keep us in perfect peace if our mind is stayed on you. So, Father, we pause now in time of prayer to collect ourselves to intentionally put our mind on you. To keep it stayed there. Until your peace, the peace of God, guards our heart and mind. So Father, we come to you now as a church, come to you individually as your children in prayer, seeking your kingdom and your will. In 1 Timothy, we're given some instruction. And really the instruction is about, about worship, and it says this. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. So, as we're instructed to pray for those that are in authority over us, which just bow and pray with me over this, our country, that we are blessed to live in. Amen? Pray with me. Father, first and foremost, hallowed be your name in this place. God, we lift up all those in authority, whether we agree with them or not. Lord, that you would make even your presence and your truth known in their lives, God. Lord, that they would be somehow empowered, God, to make good, godly, right decisions. Lord, we lift them up that they may know the truth. We lift up this country to you, God, that there would be a peace that 
surpasses all understanding, God. Lord, that for such a time as this, we would be people of prayer. That would be, we would be seeking God. We would be seeking you. That we would set our minds on things above God. That we would be lifting up our leaders. We would be lifting up this country, God. That we would be lifting up all those in authority over us all the way down to right where we live. So, God, as many people are troubled and there is great anxiety, Lord, you tell us in your word to pray for all people. And so for those people, we pray a peace, God, that only comes from you and through you. We pray over this country, God, that there would be godly leaders Lord, that would be seeking your will. It is complex. It is big. It can be difficult, but nothing is too difficult for you. So we lift up our country, God, and all those in it, including each of us, that we would live godly, peaceful lives by demonstrating salt and light to all those that not only need to hear it but to need to they need to see it so we lift these things up to you in the name of your son Jesus for such a time as this Father, you say in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, Father, in obedience and in faith, we bring our prayers, our petitions, our thanksgiving to you and and thank you for the peace of God, your peace, in our own life, in our country, and in this world. Thank you, Father, that you don't change. You truly are our rock. And so, Father... um, as we move forward as a church family, as we move forward as individual family units, as individuals, Father, may we do so with the peace of God which transcends all understanding. May we do so in confidence in your goodness. May we do so in the knowledge and peace of who we are in Christ as your children. So, Lord, we love you. Hear our prayers. And again, may your kingdom come. May your will be done. And we pray this in and through the name of your Son, Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen.
together we are launching into a new year and and it's a significant year for us even as a church family uh, the first Sunday in February coming up we're celebrating 10 years 10 years since our first service yes 10 years our uh, first service as a church was I believe February 5th 2010 amazing amazing right and uh, I asked the staff this past uh, week at our meeting, um, I said, hey, hey how, how old were you 10 years ago? So just think about that. How old were you? You don't have to say it, you know. How old were you 10 years ago, right? And, and, and to think, okay, let me just say, where were you working 10 years ago, a decade? Where were you living? Who were your closest friends? Right? How were your finances 10 years ago? How much hair did you have 10 years ago? <laughs> All right. 10 years. 10 years, right? I asked Vinny that question. He was in staff and I said, Vinny, how old were you 10 years ago? 11. <laughs> this guy right here. 11 when we started this church. Absolutely amazing, right? How many of you? It just, it's, it's a blink. Ten, ten years. And, and it's important. It's a marker. It's a marker. How many of you honestly this morning celebrate ten years? What God has done. I'm so specific. What God has done in your life. Not that it's been a bed of roses. Not, you know, it's ups and downs, lefts and rights, valleys, peaks. But as you sit here today, ten years from wherever you were with Jesus, how many of you celebrate ten years today? Yes. Right? Because the promise is all things work for the good. So 10 years later, he has been and will continue to work all things for the good. Transformation, right? Transformation. So it's important for us in February through January. In February, we're going to be sharing visions of where we believe as elders we're heading into 2020 and beyond. We're looking forward to it. If you haven't had a chance, uh, you know, there's grass and concrete out in the back. Um, God is amazing. Amen? I mean, this is a miracle. This is a miracle from Cindy's uh, living room with 10, 12 of us that first Saturday night gathering potluck Bible study to sitting here uh, today. It's an absolute miracle and and all glory to God. Um, And so as a church family, we celebrate. And I just want to take January to really kind of get us going. Uh, If you heard, heard, maybe last year you heard I mentioned it, come February into February at some point we're going to launch into something I haven't done, had the privilege to do yet and I'm excited to do. We're going to actually work through a book together, uh, the book of Ephesians. Uh, yes, we're going we're gonna <laughs> to, some of you have been waiting for quite a while. Uh, but before we get that, I just thought, you know, the few weeks that we're together in January in light of global events, national events, your life stuff, my life stuff, let's just kind of get some bearings. Let's just kind of get going into a new routine, a new flow, back into school and, and kind of all of that, get healthy again. Many of us have been sick. And, and really, you know, I don't know where you land with the resolution thing, right? Some people are anti. I don't do that. Ah, who needs to do that, right? And wherever you land on, on the resolution thing, the one thing that is inescapable as a believer is that we are to be in continuous transformation, Right. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, 
that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. That word transformation, if you've been here before, you, it's metamorphosis, right? And it's the word picture that you've seen me put up here. It's this. It's, it's, it's this caterpillar becoming something completely different, a butterfly. And this is really that word transformed. We are in, in process to be daily, continuously. It's called sanctification until our time on this planet is done. We're to be in transformation. So it's not a once a year resolution. It's really an every day. It's an every day process in the power of the Holy Spirit as we work with God, as God who works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That should be a word picture. So, so, you know, just even in reflection, if this is a process, if this is a transformative process, just think, okay, it's January 5th, 2020, a year ago. How'd you, how far did you move spiritually on the spectrum this past year? Or did you? Where, 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 where would you say? Did you, know, did, you, did you just kind of do that? Did you do that? In the last year, what'd you do? How, how, did, how did it go? Right? Not perfect, but did you, did you, did you nudge it? Did you even move forward? And, 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 and here's, here's a key as we move forward in, in January. One of the ways that, that you and I can really, if we're really seeking transformation, metamorphosis, one of the things that we have to be willing to do and one of the most powerful tools we have is simply asking questions. If you want to paradigm shift your life, if you want to actually um, see some very powerful growth in your life, here, here's a tool. Ask some quality questions and give some quality answers. Ask some real heart-level questions and be willing to give some real heart-level answers. That tool in and of itself will open up your life and my life. It's sometimes, it's our resistance to asking the questions, to going there, that really keeps us stuck. Right? So, so just right off the bat here, if you want to see God work in and through you in transformation in 2020, right off the bat, here's a big help. Be willing to ask some really honest, quality questions, and then be willing to give some really honest, quality answers. And in that process, see what God reveals to you. See what he reveals to you. Maybe it'll be helpful if you bring someone alongside. That'll be a huge step for some of you to actually share some gut-level, bare-bones truth in this question and answer. Because some of the questions you have to ask yourself is, maybe, what, what are some of the habits, what are some of the even self-defeating Lifestyle choices I've been making that keep me stuck. That's a real quality question. That's a real question, right? Why don't I want to give everything to Jesus? Why don't I? Those are real questions. And if you're willing to give real answers to those, you might just find some incredible transformation. Because a lot of us know the Bible verses, you know them. And we've landed at this place, I think, in the church where just knowing information, we're substituting information 
acquisition for genuine transformation. What we've happened in the church is the more information we acquire, sermon notes, podcasts, books, conferences, nothing wrong in and of themselves, but the more knowledge, information we get, somehow we sort of had substituted all of this acquisition and information for genuine transformation. See, we, we forget that the early followers of Jesus didn't have iPads and phones and access to online libraries, didn't have Christian bookstores, didn't have Kindles. They just had Jesus. And the transformation that happened was as they followed him. Right? What did he say? Very simple. Hey, follow me. Where are we going? Just follow me. Just do what I do. Right? So the transformation of the early church and the early disciples was what? In the doing. Hearing and obeying. Hearing and obeying. They didn't have all these resources and all these great speakers and YouTube and all this stuff that, that suddenly were inundated in the church with information acquisition and we're not even... The doing now is listening to podcasts. The doing is reading. The doing is attending church. You see how the doing is no longer obedience. It's the doing is all related to information acquisition. That's a real question you have to ask and answer. Are you more focused on acquiring information than just the simplicity of obedience and transformation? What do you really want in your, in your walk with Jesus? Transformation or information? It's a powerful question. That's a quality question. Be honest. It's okay. If you want to move along the spectrum, we have to be honest. So, so in the questions, you know, it's like, okay, so how do we do this? And, and in the time we have today, uh, I just want to give a son of a, not, I don't even call this a resolution because I, I hate labeling scripture as something. Oh, it's a, here's a great verse for New Year's. No, here's a great, here's a great verse for life, right? Because we label it and then, oh, it's no longer New Year's. I guess I don't need that verse. We're just so weird that way, right? So, so here's a help to kind of frame maybe for us, as, I mean really for us as a church, but even for you individually, for me, this has been a powerful uh, two verses and, and maybe it'll just set you foundationally for 2020 and moving forward because these two verses impact every single area of my life and your life. Every single area, right? It's Colossians 3, 1 and 2. It says this. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. That right there is an incredible New Year's verse. That right there. You're like, gosh, I want a verse for this year. I want a memory verse. I want a verse to live out in 2020 right here. Those two verses will rock your world. If you genuinely want transformation, if you genuinely want to move along that spectrum, right here. Commit purpose in your heart right now. Because it says, if, that word if is really since. Okay? It's not, it's not like question. It's a statement. Since you have been raised with Christ. He's talking about your position. He's talking about your union with Jesus. You and I, through faith in Christ, become a child of God. We are now identified in union with his what? Death, burial, and resurrection, right? So we are one with Christ, right? Seek the things that are above, 
where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. Basically, he's saying, hey, in 2020, here's a great, here's a great vision for you. Make your position in Christ your practice. Manifest who you already are. Let it be manifest. Make your position your practice. That's what he's saying. That's, that, that's essentially the, the heartbeat of these two verses. And how do you do that? Okay, so okay, that sounds cool. Yeah, let's do that. Seek and set, right? In the study, the Ryrie Study Bible, it says, become and experience what you already are by God's grace. So 2020, wouldn't it be awesome to manifest more of who you are, already are? Right? That's a, that's a pretty cool resolution, if you want to call it that. Right? Romans 6, 4, We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Hey, in 2020, I want to walk in newness of life. There's this area that's just been a shackle. There's this area of bondage I've been struggling with for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. In 2020, I purpose to walk in newness of life in that one area. Right? Ephesians 4.1, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. That word worthy is a word picture of a balance scale. Okay? So what he's saying is, hey, your position should equal your practice. Your walk should match your talk. Wouldn't that be a great resolution for 2020? To have your walk match your talk? That's a pretty good, pretty good verse right there. Not just for 2020, but every, every year, right? That's the picture. Philippians 3.20 Our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. What about in 2020? Hey, in 2020, I want to live as a citizen of heaven. I purpose to manifest in my life, at my work, in my home, uh, at church. I purpose to manifest what it actually is to be a citizen of heaven. Because actually, we're citizens of heaven. This is just sort of a temporary place, amen? What would it look like in 2020 that you operated with the mindset of your citizenship is truly in heaven, not here? Might set you free from a lot of stuff. Really might set you free. But well, here's, here's what's interesting. Uh, the struggles back in the early church are ours today. Warren Wiersbe says this, We must keep in mind that the pagan religions of Paul's day said little or nothing about personal morality. A worshiper could bow before an idol, put his offering on the altar, and go back to live the same old life of sin. What a person believed had no direct relationship with how he behaved, and no one would condemn a person for his behavior. But the Christian faith brought a whole new concept into pagan society. Basically, what we believe should impact how we behave. It should. So, so even that, 2020, I want what I say I believe to be manifested in my, my behavior. What a great resolution. Touches every area of your life, right? So that word seek, I'll go ahead and put up Colossians 3, 1 and 2 again. That word seek means to strive for earnestly, to devote serious effort. Now, in the Greek, there's different tenses. It means your lifestyle. Your, my, your life and my life should continually be seeking 
be devoting serious effort. It's a choice we make, and here's the thing, it's a command. We're commanded to habitually, continuously be seeking after the things of God. Quality question is, what things am I usually seeking? If I'm honest, where am I devoting most of my time, energy, and thoughts? What am I really seeking in my life? Security, finances, relationships, uh, good future. Uh, Those are quality questions. What are you really seeking after? What are you devoting energy to? Your health, career advancement. Where do you put most of your serious effort? What are you seeking, really? That's a quality question to ask yourself, right? The things above, what does that mean? Phil Newton says, Your pursuit is above, that it is to be spiritual in nature. You are to be living with an eye toward eternity. But the focal point of all your life is to be Him who is seated at the Father's right hand, Jesus Christ. The Christian's active pursuit in sanctification is for his life to be shaped by the life of Christ, his tongue to reflect the gracious speech of Christ, and his service to be selfless like that of Christ. We are to be continuously, habitually seeking Jesus to be like him. That's what it is. We are to be seeking that actively, earnestly. That's why I celebrate all of you who come on Sundays. You're seeking. You know what's crazy? In, in the world of church, churchdom, they have what are called seeker services. You know, whenever you're familiar with the term seeker services, here's the crazy thing. Usually they define seeker services as unbelievers who are sort of interested in God, and so it's all tailored to these seekers. That's honestly not biblical. According to this verse, who are the true seekers? This is a seeker service. The church is really about seeker services because we are here earnestly desiring the things above. Amen? This is a seeker service. That'll rock some of you. You're like, wait, what? You should be coming here because you are earnestly desiring the things above. Worship corporately, openly reading scripture, hearing the word of God, fellowship, one anothering. That's all seeking the things above. That's why this is the only biblical seeker service. It's for those who are seeking the things above. Amen? Amen. That's what, purpose that. Make, make, make that. Just, we haven't even got to set yet. 2020. I want to I be a seeker. I want to actively strive after the things above. What, that, what, what, what might that mean? Uh, women's Bible study, uh, Tuesday night, uh, men's when that fires up really soon, uh, serving. See, when you're seeking the things above, it makes all your activity make sense. It's not just activity for activity's sake. Right? It serves a higher purpose. And then he says in verse 2, set your mind on things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. Now this one, is, this one really, if you thought seeking was like, ouch, this one really kind of goes ouch, because this goes really to the core of who you are. So seeking is like all these kind of practical things we can do. Active searching. Set is this. It denotes the whole action of the affections. It refers mostly to your disposition, to your internal bent, kind of to who you are at your core, what drives you. So we seek 
But we're also to be setting our mind on things above, which means my disposition, my core being, my core desires are to be on the things above. Now, here's the challenge for us in the church. We can do a lot of seeking, which means a lot of busy activity, without our core disposition really being the things above. And that's where we get our wires crossed. That's where we're real here and we come to church and we serve and we give and we smile. Da, 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 and then you leave. Church is over. Now my disposition is about my life. Now I get on with my life because I'm still really serving me and I'm still really about me and the church is really helping me and the Bible helps me. My disposition, my set is still self. That's where... If you don't see both, you can live over here for years and years in the church. You can do a lot. You can serve. You can wear titles. You can be seeking. Go to every Bible study. Da, da, da. And it's like a treadmill. You're on the religious hamster treadmill. And then you jump off and you're all tired. Like, whoo, that was a lot. I didn't go anywhere. Because the wheel just spins in place. But man, oh man, you're tired. How many of you have ever felt tired serving a church? We're good at tiring you out. We're good. Come early to set up for Thanksgiving. Stay late to break it all down. We can run you on that treadmill. We have no problem with that. But here's the thing. At here, we don't want to just get you on the treadmill. What our real concern is, is that your heart, your inner disposition is loving God. Because here's the thing. If this is right, this takes care of itself. Now, here's how it works. And and it's not exclusive. Seeking after, getting involved, coming Tuesdays and all that, it's good. Serving is good. Because in the seeking, it can enhance your setting. Amen? Now, here's the crazy thing. Because you'll meet people, you'll get studied, you'll learn the word, you learn to pray together, yada, yada. So that all helps open your heart. And you're getting more settled. You're putting off the old, you're putting on the new. Here's the crazy thing. The more you get settled on the things above in your heart and disposition, the more you come back to here. And then the more you do this out of that heart, then you go back to here. And then you start moving along the metamorphosis. That's how seeking and setting works. Okay? So maybe in 2020, you ask the quality question here. Am I just on the church treadmill? That's a quality question. Have I just been kind of get caught up in the doing? And you get off like, oh. Quality question is, am I really set on the things above? Is my inner disposition. You know, remember he says, love the Lord your God with what? All your heart, mind, soul. That's disposition. That's not activity. The greatest commandment has to do with your whole being. That's, that's a set, setting your heart, on, you're setting your mind on things above. It's a disposition. Then the crazy thing is Jesus says, if you love me, what did he say? You'll obey me. It comes back to here. If your disposition is right, if you're loving Jesus, he says, what's the fruit of that disposition? Obedience. See, a lot of times 
when people are struggling with obedience issues, and we, we as parents or pastors, we try to, don't do that. You know, how could you do that? Anyway, and we try all these ways to kind of correct external behavior. The real issue is disposition, heart. This is where you have to focus. This is where the quality questions comes in, is here. See, if I'm just dealing with bad behavior because Jordan did something really bad and now I have to call him into the principal's office and ask him how he could do that, you know, you come up here and you speak all this stuff and you, how could you, how could you, right? We can live there and then he feels like, okay, you know. Or I can say, hey, Jordan, come here. Let me ask you a question. What's going on in your relationship with Jesus? Where are you at, man? See, now I'm asking quality questions at the heart level. And if he's honest, he might just say, yeah, you know, I'm struggling. And yeah, you know, um, serving around the church, honestly, it's, it's kind of been a, an escape and it's been a deflection. I got some stuff in my life, man. And, and just when, when, when I get to speak up here and I get to meet people after church, it makes me feel good. But yeah, you got me. I got some issues in my heart. Yet those are quality questions and quality answers. That's real relationship. That's one anothering. Because otherwise, if if we're not at that place, he can come here and we can say, Jordan, what a great guy. Jordan's so friendly. Jordan's so nice. And none of us realize that Jordan is in the valley and he's struggling with Jesus and he's here because it's a shot in the arm because this is where he gets now his esteem. This is where he feels good. He's no longer growing this is just medicating him. A lot of people can do that in church. Because you come here and you feel really good. Smile. Everyone likes you. You're happy. You make a difference for Jesus. People can do that for years and years. Pastors can preach week after week and be really far away from Jesus personally. Because this is a rush up here. Everybody looks at you and your name's here and you're getting to my esteem. Right? Seek and set. And how do you do that? Well, it's asking real questions. So in January, I just encourage you, sit down with the Lord if you journal or find someone. Ask some real questions. Here's, here's a couple before, before we wrap up. Moving into 2020, is your mindset fixed or is it a mindset of growth? Meaning, have you sort of decided what your box is and you're right and this is the way it is, you're fixed and everything has to fit and you're fixed? Or do you have a growth mindset? where you're open to change and transformation and you're actually open to being wrong. That's a growth mindset. It's a question. As you enter 2020, are you fixed or are you in a growth mindset? Are you willing to change, be transformed, right? And here's the second question. Are you willing to learn? Are you willing to learn, be teachable in 2020? And here's one of the fundamental reasons why many of us aren't um, learning and growing. We're not in transformation. It's not 
that we're incompetent. It's not that we're skilled. It's not that we aren't able. One of the biggest obstacles to learning and resistance to learning is how we feel about the process of learning. It's not that you can't learn it. You're, you're very smart. You're very intelligent. But how you feel about it prevents you from doing it. I feel scared. I feel insecure. I feel like it's going to mess up my comfort. I feel like I might make a fool of myself. It's how we feel about learning that prevents us from even trying anything. How many of you had Spanish class when, the, when you walked in and the teacher only spoke Spanish? How many of you felt pretty silly and lost? Anyone? You, you right? It's immersion, right? Spanish one. You're like, I remember my Spanish when I walked in. And we're like, what is going on? Absolutely refused to say anything in English. And if she asked you a question and you just stared at her, she'd keep asking over and over. <laughs> and you're doing this and she points, tries to give you hints. Oh, you mean, what's the date? The date? And Remember those days? What happened after about two or three weeks? You acclimated to it. Right? You got used to it. You started to learn. You started to learn. Many of us as followers of Jesus, it's how we feel about learning, jumping back into immersion. It's our feelings that keep us stuck. In 2020, I want to encourage you, jump in. Jump into Jesus immersion. Yeah, you're going to feel awkward. You're not going to know the language and everyone's going to pray better than you. And they're going to say something on Tuesday and they're going to be like, man, Randy's so smart. And, you know, Lisa's so smart. They say all these big words on Tuesday night and I don't really understand it. And I feel really silly and I feel really, you know, like I'm just, what am I doing here? It's okay. You're immersing yourself. Amen? Amen. Okay, so here, here's a question. Do you... Limit yourself in your own transformation by how you feel about the whole thing. Because for some of you, if you act in spite of your feelings, 2020 is going to radically change your world. Just do it. Right? Mark can bear testimony to people who didn't really feel like going to Mexico. Scared to death, never left the country, didn't know how God was going to provide. I don't feel like going to go build houses. What happened, Mark? They went, despite their feelings, and, oh, God is so good. I'm so different. I met so many people, and now my life is different. Because they did something in spite of their feelings. Amen? That's it. In 2020, jump in. Don't let how you feel Keep you self-limiting. Because you have been given the power of the Holy Spirit. You are here in a very loving, not perfect, loving church who will help you, who wants the best for you. It's called one anothering. Jordan did a great job. We're here to do this together because the person next to you is just as scared. Go ahead, turn to the person next to you and say, I'm scared too. They are! Everyone is! Nobody in here wants to look silly or foolish or make a fool out of yourself. Oh, man, no. what are you going to think about me when they ask me to pray? 
How many of you still get scared every time I come around and think I'm going to ask you to pray out loud? Some of you avert, you, I'm welcoming the hell, here he comes, and they just walk away. He might ask me to pray. No, I'm just going to the bathroom, thank you. I'm not going to ask you to pray. Because we're so like caught up in our fears and insecurities. Around here, permission to be human, amen? If your disposition, we just want your disposition, love Jesus and let's do this together in 2020. Let's just do this together, okay? And, and whatever may happen globally, nationally, personally, we do it together. And God will take care of us, okay? We will do that. Father, thank you. Thank you for reminding us today that uh, you love us and that uh, we're not alone. And so you tell us in Colossians to seek the things above and to set our minds on things above. So maybe just this week we camp there. What have we been seeking? Honestly. What does the use of our time, the use of our money, the use of our resources reveal about what we've been seeking? And then, Father, what has my heart really been set on? Truly, what's the disposition of my heart? At the core of my being, do I really want to know you and love you, Jesus, or am I kind of still trying to use you to get what I want? Father, we just take a few moments now and just choose to be bare and honest with you about what we've been seeking and where we've been set. We ask your forgiveness. Confess that maybe it's not been on the things above because, boy, the things of this earth are so tempting and look so good. So, Father, forgive us if it's been more about the things on earth rather than the things above. And help us to choose in the power of the Holy Spirit to walk in faith and obedience. To choose today to seek the things above. To set our minds on things above.